Check out Geek Therapy on Twitch, where we play a variety of games every week, including some that we talk about here on Headshots. Visit twitch.tv slash geektherapy to watch us live. Welcome to Headshots, the psychology and gaming podcast on the Geek Therapy Network. I'm one of your co-hosts, Josue Cardona, and I'm joined by Lauren Keller. Hello. Lauren, what are we talking about today? Pokemon. Woo, gotta catch them all. Woo. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> Specifically, Pokemon and memory. And and how we... It, it's, it's just so cool. You may have seen this in the news. They're talking about how... Uh, I mean, the way it's... Uh, represented in like regular news was like pokemon uh are not stored but like (laughs) pokemon memories are in one very particular part of the brain and i think it's super interesting once you actually read the the experiment and and what they found so tell me tell me what happened Yeah, so this is actually a study on like brain topography so like where things occur in the brain and how the brain structures certain pieces in relationship to other things and um, they were interested in the development of like how we visually like organize um, like visual information and there's not really a good way to test that kind of stuff because it would require you like gathering a bunch of babies and like locking them in a laboratory for a couple hours a day. Not necessarily <laughs> ethical, but they figured out that there is actually a population that fits what they needed to prove what they were trying to prove, and that's people who played the video game Pokemon from ages 5 to 8. And I fit in that group. <laughs> <laughs> and specifically on a Game Boy, a certain distance from your face. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and the whole reason that, that Pokemon fulfilled this need so well is that in like typical human development, we, you know, we encounter lots of faces and bodies and then like building shapes. That's like normal visual interactions when you're a developing baby. Um, but they needed something that was distinct from from typical development and Pokemon fits that because while they are sort of similar to animals, they aren't real animals. And while they have faces, they're like cartoon faces. So they're this sort of distinct category from other things that are the ventral temporal cortex, which is the bottom part of your temporal lobe, which is sort of on the sides and backs of your brain. So sort of underneath, <laughs> I'm like touching my head as I'm doing this, <laughs> sort of back here, you guys, can you feel that? Um, <laughs> but uh, there's like always sort of like the geographic location of the way your brain saves visual information is sort of the same in every brain. There's like a, a specific area where it stores information about faces, and that that piece is like always stored right next to information that you know stores uh, uh, visual information about like you know bodies and and like that kind of categorization and stuff like that. And they wanted to see if what they call it the eccentricity bias, which is basically hypothesizing that the brain prioritizes like unique and eccentric 
information for building uh, space in in your brain for saving that information. Does that make sense? Yeah, like we're putting this over here and the weird stuff we're putting over here. So. Yeah, yeah. And basically what it what it comes down to is like whatever is going on in your childhood, your brain is like, okay, this stuff is the important information that we need to save. And if you were a kid who played Pokemon uh, a lot from age like five to eight, which is when a lot of this brain development is going on, then your brain basically was like, clearly Pokemon is important enough that one, we need to like memorize all this stuff. And two, we need to designate like specific brain space for differentiating between the Pokemon. So not just like the one Pokemon and all of the Pokemon exist there, but it's like you can tell the difference between, you know, a Bulbasaur and an Ivysaur. Like your brain's like, oh no, I know. I know what's up. And it's important that I know this. Almost as important as it is to be able to like differentiate between like, you know, threat animals and friend animals or (laughs) the faces of your family (laughs) versus faces of strangers. I just think that's so freaking cool. (laughs) I know. I know. Uh, I think this only covers the original 151. Yes. And because speaking of eccentric, the Pokemon get really, really weird as as you keep going forward in generations and with almost 800 Pokemon there's a lot there that there's so much more but I I love how I think the 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 lead on the experiment was saying like oh yeah like that was me like I remember that I remember having that experience mm-hmm. and there were so many other people like me and yeah I mean <laughs> that was that yeah was, Oh man! I yeah, like wait. the the main yeah. takeaway from the study isn't that like we have Pokemon centers in our brain. It's it's that um, if human beings experience similar things at similar points in their development, which in this case would be playing Pokemon on a Game Boy, holding it about a foot away from your face, playing it for you know months or years at a time uh, during adolescence. Years. <laughs> yeah, and then like returning to it as an adult also, which is part of what they they looked into. But it, if humans have those same experiences in the same context, then their brain will develop and organize that information in very similar ways that can be measured in in functional M- MRIs, which is yeah. really cool. Uh, definitely, there's you know a lot more to be explored that isn't within the scope of this study. You know, um, I know the author said that um they want they were interested if there is a similar thing occurring in the auditory section of the brain because all of the the 151 pokemon each have like individual noises that they make when they come out or like the sound of the pokeball moving when you're trying to catch something um (laughs) and then also people who is like people who put a lot of time into the pokemon games but didn't play it specifically as children but instead played it as adults like that kind of stuff is really interesting not inside of the scope of this this research but it it, lots of cool questions come out of it i have so many questions too so many questions uh, (laughs) i also want to point out that the experiment was two groups and then in the one group they showed them these images of Pokemon from the game, from the from the original Game Boy games, and then with the fMRI saw which parts of the brain lit up. Mm-hmm. And the group that had not seen Pokemon as a as children, that part of the brain did not light up when they saw them. So 
that's that's like basically the the experiment in a nutshell. <laughs> that's what they did. Yep. Yeah. And it, and it was like small groups. It was uh, eleven adults. Yeah. participants who who counted as uh like expert experienced players um who fit the ages five to eight window and then had also like maintained familiarity as an adult um versus people who were like what's a pokemon <laughs> <laughs> but also pokemon. only 11 people so it is a small group but um yeah. The the findings, you know, the fMRIs were pretty consistent across the um, eleven expert brains compared yeah. to the non-expert brains. Yeah, yeah. So, did the Pokemon animes named at Pokemon have anything to do with this as well? <laughs> Maybe, because that's some learning reinforcement right there. It is. The anime still does that, by the way. Yeah. yeah, and that's that's like a big point that they made is like, you know, like the ability to recognize different faces and places and things like that. It's socially reinforced when you do well at that task. And so mm-hmm. because Pokemon is a game and you do better at the game when you can tell the difference between the Pokemon, right? When you can, you know, if you know the different types and you can... Uh, strategize to to you know fight the elite four or whatever because the game is rewarding you. I think that that is sort of the main function where the brain is like this is important because I have this built in reward system. So clearly it's important, right? <laughs> and there's all this strategy that you build based on what pops up because yeah. in the original games they were just sprites. It was just a picture, mm-hmm. and maybe they'd flash if they got hit or if they did something. They'd move around, but it was just a still image. And you don't play games today where like there's just a still image. It's very unique in that way. And the moment that if it was a, a wild Pokemon and it showed up and you're like, oh, no, <laughs> not another Pidgey. Hell no. And then you immediately had a strategy for what you were going to do, unless you were trying to catch a Pidgey, so you were training. Like, so, so it was like this immediate response to that, that image. And, and yeah, it, once you learned it, you were rewarded because you know you you had oh so many hours <laughs> so many hours yeah Pokemon <laughs> man so, so like yeah no go ahead keep keep going where do you want to go with this <laughs> I just want to read a quote that I really liked from this research paper go for it. The nature of Pokemon as a stimulus category is an interesting one because it could be seen as similar to other ecological stimuli, such as faces or words. The game entails repeated, prolonged, and rewarded experience, individuating visually similar but semantically distinct exemplars. This is similar to other stimulus categories for which there is ecological pressure or interest to individuate among a visually homogenous category, such as faces, birds, or cars. Um, So yeah, it's like having Pokemon be this like 151 distinct, but sort of all kind of visually similar in that they all appear in that one corner on your your Game Boy screen and you know it's you didn't have a Game Boy color yet so it was black and white and all that stuff the brain treats it similarly to other categories like faces birds and cars where you can you can distinguish from these sort of very similar things it's just it's really cool brains are so cool and weird <laughs> but for me it's a reflection of learning 
right? Like I, I like to talk about studying and practicing, right? Like if you can if you can remember 150 Pokemon and what they do and their types and all these things, there's a bunch of other stuff that you could do also if you just put that much time into it. Absolutely. And, and this just I can't tell you how validating this experiment is because and that it's getting so much attention because over the years so many times I've talked to people and said listen that kid that you have um, completely discounted at school look at what he's doing in Pokemon look at the math that he's doing in his head yeah to figure out what is the best Pokemon to use or how many attacks he has left that kid knows stats that are going on in that game that are invisible he knows that game so well. Like, there are things that are not represented in Pokemon that are still being calculated in the back that you can figure out with enough guides and, and practice and, and a lot of focus yeah. and attention. <laughs> and and I've, I've met kids like that. And I've always... It happened many times with Pokemon as an example, where I could use Pokemon as an example of showing other people that those kids had tons of potential and that they were capable of doing other things that people thought that they were not capable of doing and oh, it's just it's just so good you know fmris are really cool <laughs> fMRIs yeah. are great. <laughs> so how do you think you would have fared in uh one of these tests you think uh, your brain would have lit up oh absolutely yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um i very fondly remember the first time i played pokemon it must have been like real soon after it came out in america And I remember going to the local mall's uh, EB Games, which still existed at the time. Mm -hmm. And I convinced my dad to let me get one. And I picked blue because blue is my favorite color. (laughs) And I was so excited. And um, we were doing like some other errands and he needed to go. My dad needed to go to REI, which at the time was one of my favorite places to go because I could play in the the tents (laughs) 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 and run around in the tents while he did other stuff. And um, this was like the first time ever where I was like, like, can I actually stay in the car with my Game Boy and start my Pokemon game? And so I remember sitting in that REI parking lot with the windows cracked with my Game Boy um, and, like, setting up, you know, uh, my character and picking out Bulbasaur as my first Pokemon. <laughs> it's just so sweet. What, what, was, uh, what was your first Pokemon experience? So I was a little older, right? What was the age range that they talked about in the experiment? Um, ages five to eight. Five to eight. Yeah, I was I was a little older than that. I must have been, I must have been in fifth or sixth grade, which is a little older than that. But uh, but I remember that the Game Boy Color was going to be released in the United States, and it was coinciding just around the same time as Pokemon was being released in the U.S. So I remember it it must have been a Nintendo Power or an EGM that talked about how if you played Pokemon on the Game Boy Color, it actually had color. It had some color. Mm -hmm. It wasn't in full color, but it had some color. It was like a feature that was being built into the newer Game Boy games to take advantage of the color, even though it wasn't a full-blown Game Boy Color game. And... I remember convincing my little brother to save up enough money so that we could both go and both buy brand new Game Boy Colors with a copy of Red and Blue 
And before we even had the game, I had figured out an entire plan so that we could each get all three starters. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> so the first day that we played the game, we started character and uh, played through it up to a certain point. And and I was I don't know how I convinced him to to do it this way, but I had him always reset his game and I never reset mine. So it was like <laughs> so basically I guess he had to go through the through the beginning five times to to then get like two Charmanders, two two of each, and then trade them off to me, you know, get to the point where you could trade, reset his game, get another starter. And then when we both had when I had enough of them, he started up again, <laughs> got his last starter, and got to the point where he could trade, and then we traded off and then we each had all three starters to begin. That took that took that took a few hours, I remember. But that's uh, like legit strategizing right there. Yep. Yep, yep. I worked really hard <laughs> on that plan. <laughs> I'm very proud of it to this day. <laughs> and and that is my first Pokemon experience because um, if you read a lot of gaming magazines at the, at the time, everybody in the States was talking about Pokemon, but we couldn't play it. It, it took a while for it to, mm-hmm. to get here. So it was so exciting when it finally came. And, and I had a Game Boy... Like In my house, we had to... I always had to sell the system that I had if I wanted to buy a new one. So at some point I sold my Game Boy to get a Game Gear. And by the time the Game Boy Color came out, I didn't I didn't have a Game Boy at the time. So I don't remember what I sold or if I just saved up enough money or if it was a bir- early birthday present. I don't know what we did. My my little brother and I we had a plan. It it worked <laughs> and we did it and we got two brand new Game Boy Colors with the uh, Red and blue. And mine was red, too. I mean, no, mine was blue, too. Mine was blue, too. Yeah. Because my brother's uh, favorite color is red. So I was like, you do red, I'll do blue. <laughs> nice. Yeah, my, my sister got red, and then my, my little brother got yellow. <laughs> and then we did, <laughs> we did um, for gold and silver, um, I got gold, and CJ got silver, and Andrew got uh, crystal. So we we repeated that for the the next set of games. <laughs> <laughs> when Let's um, Go uh, Pikachu and Eevee came out, my my sister bought my my niece and nephew the, each of them a Switch. But then they just bought two copies of Let's Go Pikachu, and I was so mad. <laughs> the kids are so small that they they were both happy with what they had what they had. No, but one day they're, they're going to be mad too, and they're going to missed out. They're going to want answers. <laughs> How could you do this? I don't know. I explained it so many times to them. <laughs> oh, man, I was so mad. <laughs> this stuff matters. <laughs> it does. I just love Pokemon. I love Pokemon. It's been. I mean, it's like I. I just did some mental math, and I guess I was like nine when I got the first game, so I was a little bit older than the the target research audience or um, sample. But yeah, I mean, I just, Pokemon's been a part of my life, like pretty much all of my memory. I just really love Pokemon. (laughs) I love those pocket monsters. So do you think the research would have turned out the same if they did it with Digimon instead of Pokemon? Hmm. That is an interesting question. I don't think that they could have pulled it off because I don't think that there was a game, a Digimon game that was as popular 
as the Pokemon game. You know, like, I could definitely make the argument that the between the two anime, you could find pretty similar groups of Pokemon watchers and Digimon watchers, but for the game, I feel like Pokemon was bigger. Yeah, yeah. And there, as far as I can remember, there was no Digimon game that was like Pokemon in the sense that it was, again, you were staring at a sprite. Yeah. And you were just staring at a still image. And of you a were creature. collecting lots of them and differentiating between them. Yeah. 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 I can't think of any other game that was like that. There aren't even many RPGs that had like that type of visual style. I mean, you you could make a little bit of an argument for something like Magic the Gathering cards, but there's been so many versions mm-hmm. of the card art that But that I don't art know is that very you, elaborate. Yeah, that yeah. I mean that's true, but you would be it would be consistent um, you know, distance from your face and all of the cards are the same size. Um okay. and if okay. you if you used, you know, the the same deck for years at a time where you didn't ever <laughs> upgrade the images and all of your, you know, um, element cards were all the same pictures and stuff <laughs> like that. I guess you could, that would work. But hmm. again, it's like, it's not really comparable to how, how Pokemon works. Yeah. Yeah. And how Pokemon like legitimately rewards you for, for finding and differentiating between all of these different creatures. Okay, there's definitely something here because it's the same idea where the moment that your opponent puts down a card, you are reacting to it, right? Yeah. It's funny because every couple of years I go back and I either play Pokemon or I play Magic or I try some new game and someone puts down a card and I need to grab it and like put my glasses on and read it and see what it does. (laughs) But when I played Pokemon, uh, the Pokemon trading card game, it was like, okay, that card, I know exactly what that card does. I don't need to read it. That that card, just by the image, means a whole mm. lot of things to me. Yeah. So I'm going to... So then all this other information that was tied to it automatically, you know, was accessed. And and I sprung into action and I was able to, to counter in some way. So, yeah, that's, a, that's probably... That's probably a great example. I think, I think you could replicate the study with magic cards or even to start off, do it with the Pokemon trading card game. Which is also over, no, 20 years old. <laughs> I recently played my niece. She, she has Pokemon Fever, so she played. Uh, so, so she bought the trading card game, and she asked me if I had cards. She's like, "Oh, you know so much about Pokemon. Do you have any cards?" I was like, "Nope." Oh, wait a minute, I do. I still have Woo! a deck from 20 years ago. Hell yeah! And <laughs> and it was so, it was so cool to play with that deck because I hadn't seen them in over 10 years. They were at my mom's house. I, I I brought them out, and with my my niece's cards, I, I didn't recognize any of them. And like it's like you can't play with a twenty year old deck against a new deck. Like <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> it doesn't work. <laughs> it's not balanced anymore. No, 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 no. And the game is essentially the same, but but, <laughs> but that, my memory was okay. <laughs> but I think I think it could definitely work. That would be. That would be a great follow-up, I think. Yeah. But it's funny because the video game itself as an RPG, there's so many games where you just fight the same enemies over and over again, but there aren't 150 of them or 151 of them. And basically, like you you change your strategy mostly for 
boss fights, but not like for every individual one. You're not thinking so much about types. I don't know, but just the the way that they're visually represented when you look at the original Pokemon games, it is incredible, right? Like the battle scene doesn't even have a backdrop. It's just like a blank screen with with two life bars, a couple numbers, and the the two sprites. Yep. (laughs) How did that game become so popular? (laughs) I'm kidding. There are a million reasons. It's amazing. I know. I know. I know. (laughs) (laughs) But I imagine people now looking at that game like, what? How's that possible? Which, by the way, made watching Detective Pikachu incredibly fun because throughout the entire movie, the just Pokemon are everywhere. And I'm like, oh, that one's this one and that one's that. And, (laughs) And, you know, you're like trying to focus on the movie but at the same time you're focusing on pokemon in every corner and and immediately when you see them you're like whoa this is so cool i've never (laughs) seen i never imagined to see this pokemon like in a live action movie and then but your memories go back to the versions that you do know so just a lot of stuff happened in the brain (laughs) during detective pikachu I want an fMRI scan <laughs> while I watch Detective <laughs> Pikachu. <laughs> you gotta, uh, gotta visually catch them all. Yep, yep. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Every week, the Geek Therapy Stream team goes live on Twitch and plays a variety of games. Sometimes new, sometimes classics. Depending on who's streaming, we'll be talking about psychology, mental health, or whatever comes up in the chat. Go to twitch.tv slash geektherapy to follow us so you know when we go live. Or check out our archives if you miss a live stream. And let us know what you'd like to see us play. We're live at least three nights a week at twitch.tv slash geektherapy. See you in the chat. Uh, I, I want to go a little tangential here, but since we're talking about Pokemon and how like special and interesting it, it is, I want to talk about Twitch plays Pokemon. Whoa. Okay. Because I think that that is a really interesting thing that happened. (laughs) 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 That I think has definitely, like, I don't know how one would study it, but I think that there would definitely be some cool brain research from that. There's definitely a lot of cool behavioral research Mm-hmm. from that that I think would come like how do you have I don't remember the the numbers anymore of how many consecutive players you had on at one time and they're all inputting these commands and at the beginning the character is just going crazy but slowly the the mob started moving in the right direction and and even course correcting for the for the few people who still wanted chaos right mm-hmm. people were like moving forward little by little and actually they they beat the game like it's still unbelievable they did they yeah. did yeah so for for people who aren't familiar with this in what was it 2014 when this happened i think it was but um they set up on twitch pokemon like, like an emulated version of pokemon red and made it so that people watching could vote on which buttons to push so that's the the four directional uh, directional buttons A and B and then start and select and so it was a single player game played by in total about I think it was like a a million and a half people pl- participated at some point and then I think concurrently something like a hundred thousand people were playing at once <laughs> at like the height of it and so just like. <laughs> It was it was chaos, but they di- they did beat the game. Like they finished 
the Elite Four, and it's I think it took him about a week uh, of continuous play. But and the the way people played was by inputting into the chat a command. Yeah. And so so when we say a hundred thousand people consecutive, that was a hundred thousand people watching the stream. And, and typing A, 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 exactly. or B, or up, up, up. <laughs> right. And so it wasn't it wasn't democratic. It wasn't like, oh, in the last minute, 100,000 people, the majority voted A. I, I think it was every input counted, correct? Sort of. I know partway through they ended up having to change the way that the inputs were working because they were dealing with, like, troll issues. Yeah. Um. But definitely when they started the stream, it was every input was included. and People yeah. were just obsessively saving the game <laughs> over and over again. Uh, but they ended up, once once it got to, you know, like thousands of people participating at a time, they ended up switching it where the input commands were hidden from the rest of chat. And so people could actually start like strategizing with each other mm. to try and get through the more... Uh, challenging parts of the game you know like the maze areas or caves and stuff (laughs) like that where it just it would get really really bad because we just like die over and over again (laughs) but yeah it was just a really interesting sort of social experiment that exists within this this piece of time and i feel is like also really important to sort of the pokemon history yeah um and looking at how interesting and cool that that game that transmedia experience is (laughs) i would love to see a full log of all the inputs oh yeah and and map them over time and see i'm assuming somebody did this with whatever data is available already i don't know if the first time they were able to log everything but i know they've done it again with other versions of pokemon so i wonder if people reached out to them and asked and you know like paid for because there are services that will log everything that goes into the chat and and maybe you know they were logging the inputs in the back but oh, I'd, I'd love to see that super cool yeah pokemon again it's one of those things where a million people did it because it was pokemon and yep. it was specifically the games we're talking about from the experiment yeah the ones that you know a lot of people played when they were uh, adolescence and like they spent a lot of time investment into that first you know red or blue yeah. i mean i even remember kids in school who like absolutely did not have game boys did not have any way to play the game weren't allowed to watch the the anime or anything but they still like you know they would pick it up from their friends they'd you know look at the cards you know, during recess and figure out, you know, who, who's that Pokemon? Who is that? Okay. All right. I'm figuring it out and all that stuff. It's like, yeah, it was Pokemon, man. (laughs) Pokemon. (laughs) Same thing with Pokemon Go. Like I can't imagine any other game or any other franchise having that same type of gameplay and app experience being, and yeah being, being as popular yeah and they started with the original 150 they did yeah yeah and i mean i'm still playing pokemon go uh, almost no three years out three years out hmm. i'm still playing that game and with the like full realization like when that when that game first came out it was awful it was so broken it crashed <laughs> all the time but yep. i love pokemon and being able to play it on my phone like 
just whenever I'm outside is like, oh, this is perfect. This is exactly what I want. Yeah. Very cool. I, l- I like Pokemon Go. <laughs> Speaking of Pokemon Go, uh, there was a Nintendo press conference recently where they introduced a couple of new things, including Pokemon Sleep. <laughs> I think How do you feel about that? So, so I'm actually really excited about Pokemon Sleep because there was so much news about how Pokemon Go got people to socialize, to go outside. People who were agoraphobic were leaving the home, their homes. People who weren't exercising at all were suddenly exercising. And even if it was for a short time, it motivated them enough to do that. Yeah. And as someone who religiously tracks his sleep, <laughs> I sleep with an Apple Watch every night and I have an app that the one I really like is called Auto Sleep, and it tracks my sleep. It gives me a readiness score. It gives me all this information and tracks my heart rate. And I do everything that it asks me to to uh, help me with uh, like tr- keeping track of that data better. And I, honestly, it has changed my life. I don't know at what age it was that I was like, oh, sleep is important. Huh. <laughs> huh. That thing that I do like a third of my whole life, I guess it's kind of important. Well, like five years ago, you you, you tell me like, oh, you need to sleep more. I'm like, oh, sleep. It's a waste of time. <laughs> Give me more coffee. But the the truth is, once I discovered like, oh, yeah, that makes a huge difference. Like I want to do a lot of things and I can't do those things unless I sleep properly. And yep. my energy is better. And it is it is the probably the one part of my health that I, that I consistently take care of and do a good job at. And so the idea that Pokemon is so powerful and so important to so many people that it could help people not only improve, but just learn about better sleep habits is super exciting to me. I agree. First time I said, I heard Pokemon sleep, I kind of like took a spit take. I was like, what, <laughs> what just happened? <laughs> and, and if you see the, the presentation, it is this beautiful um, like uh, celebration of how Pokemon Go connected people and all of the steps that people took and all the exercise and how it just like it made the world a better place. <laughs> and then it ends with like a Pikachu getting hopping onto the bed of someone who has a sleep tracker shaped like a Pokeball right next to them. Oh, by the way, side note, don't remember which Pokemon game it was that brought a Pokewalker. That tracked your steps. Do you remember that? That was... Was it Sapphire? Uh, the re-releases of Sapphire and Ruby? Uh, maybe. I think. doesn't matter. There was a game that, that brought a Pokewalker and it tracked your steps. And then you would get gifts in the game for it. And, and so Pokemon has been playing at this for years, even before Pokemon Go. And it's ridiculous that the device that's a sleep tracker is called a Pokemon Plus Plus. Like it's, <laughs> it's absurd. But I'm super excited about this and and how if the app doesn't require the the additional device and it just uses your phone as an accelerometer, I think a lot of people will benefit from it. Even again, even if it's just for a couple of days that people just want to check out the app, I think we haven't seen the app, we have no idea how it works. I'm just assuming left and right, but I think that people will learn more about 
good sleep habits and become more mindful of their own sleep habits after just a couple days playing the game. Yeah, I mean, thinking of having like, you know, drowsy sleep tips that, you know, sort of outline sleep research and, you know, you know, why you shouldn't look at bright lights after a certain time period or, you know, put on the the red filter on your phone if you're going to scroll in bed <laughs> and stuff like that and having it come from a cute cute little pokemon, cute little sleepy pokemon. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to listen to them probably more than, like, a human doctor. Maybe that's just me. <laughs> no, and they, they've said it's a game, which has me thinking that you will... Okay, so if they if they make it, like, a side game, the type of thing, like the Pokewalker, where if you walked, you got gifts that mm -hmm. you then received in the main Pokemon game. If it's somehow tied... I, th I think they said 2020, right? I don't think they said... 2019. Actually, I'm not sure. I think not Pokemon sure. Home was 2020. But if sleep is somehow tied with Sword and Shield, the new games that are coming out on Switch at the in November, that means that I could basically be playing Pokemon 24 hours a day. <laughs> because while I'm sleeping, I can... I don't know, maybe there's a new sleep type Pokemon or you're just like training particular ones or you're getting bonuses for tracking your sleep and for improving your sleep over time or just re reaching a particular like sleep threshold, certain amount of deep sleep. I don't know, things like that, right? Like I'm getting- You, um, you pick a, a buddy Pokemon like in Pokemon Go, but instead of walking with you, it's like, oh, you cuddled this Pokemon and now it likes you more because you guys had a nice cuddle sesh. Oh, Yeah, or like, like a dream type. I don't know, something like that, right? And then that connects and you get a bonus or a benefit in Sword and Shield- and then you also give me, because now I don't even have to open Pokemon Go to track my steps. So mm -hmm. like now I play Pokemon Go less, but when I, every time I open the app, it's like, hey, you hatched another egg. You did all this for the week. You get this bonus. And yep. I love it because I'm, I'm kind of playing even when I'm not playing. So now the only time when I wasn't playing was when I wasn't moving. So now... <laughs> Even mm -hmm. when I'm sleeping, I'm playing Pokemon. That part of it is kind of genius. And, and I'm really interested in what kind of benefits I will get for tracking my sleep. And my hope is that since it's on iOS and Android, it will it will speak with, you know, the Apple Health and Android Health apps that are that are already like built into the operating system. And hopefully they, they connect and, and talk to each other so that, oh, like, look, you're tracking your sleep. This is this is the bonus you got. There, there's so many ways to do it. Again, we know nothing at all about the app at all. We haven't seen it. Yep. But but I'm excited. I'm, I'm actually a lot of potential. Really yeah. Yeah. What about you? What do you think? I I mean, when it comes to like health metrics, I'm always a little bit concerned about um, who gets access to that data and who keeps that data and that sort of aspect. But if I'm being totally 100% honest with myself, like, I'm ready for a full Pokemon lifestyle. Like, <laughs> capitalism has failed me. Let's just go full Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. As long as the Pokemon company has your data and nobody else, it's okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Only Pikachu can judge me. <laughs> oh, man. 
Yeah, I, I definitely think the educational aspect is definitely the biggest part. Getting people to sort of reframe the way they think about stuff, like reframing yeah. the way you think about exercising under the idea of sort of, you know, gamifying it, going outside once, you know, once a day and walking to the corner store where the, the poke stop is. It's like even if you don't play the game, once you start doing that habit, it can, you know, you you see the benefits in your own life. It's educating in that way. So yeah. I can definitely see how, you know, even if you don't track your sleep for very long, just tracking it for a little bit, having somebody explain to you, like, you know, this is what it means to be in deep sleep. This is what it means to be in REM states and stuff like that. Just gaining that little bit of extra knowledge is beneficial in your in your overall life. In Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee, I, have, I got Let's Go Pikachu. And Pikachu is like a super Pokemon in this one, right? Like he can do things that the others can't. Um, he has particular reactions that are different uh, to the other Pokemon. So maybe with the sleep app, like you have a particular Pokemon that is like boosted by your your sleep habits. Or maybe it could be like the buddy that you choose in Pokemon Go. That instead of yeah. like giving a candy, it's like, oh, you like you reached your deep sleep goals and your time goals and your heart rate goals. Like, congratulations. Like today your Pikachu is invincible. <laughs> 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 or at least has some sort of boost. I think that would be kind of cool. Or like in uh, Skyrim or Fallout or whatever, where if you sleep in your own bed, then you get like a bonus XP for a certain number of in-game hours, something mm, like that, where it's yeah. like if you if you Pokemon if you Pokemon go to sleep, <laughs> then <laughs> you Pokemon get extra XP for the next twelve hours or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that works. That works too. I kind of like that more. I like that a lot more. Cool. I, I really don't like the idea of having a super Pokemon just because you slept. Although, you know how a lot of people cheated with Pokemon Go? Like, they found ways to, like, put it on a fan or, like, on a, you know, like, on a treadmill or whatever they needed to do to make sure yep. that, that it got the steps. People are going to get real creative to try to <laughs> to simulate a heartbeat um, on a sleep yeah, tracker. <laughs> I'm interested in it. It's like, oh, I, I just, you know, I taped my, my Pokemon Go to Sleep tracker to my cat, and now I have ultimate high scores because my cat sleeps 20 hours a day. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of fun stories are going to come out of this. I'm very intrigued to see how uh, how they do it and then how people respond to that because yeah, yeah. there's always a push and pull there. Yeah. It's like people were walking off cliffs playing Pokemon Go because they were so distracted. What's the stupidest thing you think someone might do <laughs> to do <laughs> trying to poke asleep? <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's going to be wild. I'm excited. I know. I know. It's like productivity at, <laughs> in, in, in many major corporations has dropped as uh, employees have started napping <laughs> during work hours. <laughs> but their sleep scores are so high. But their sleep scores are so high. Got to get that bonus XP. <laughs> it's going to happen. It's got. It's going to happen. Actually, I'm sure I can't even imagine the stories that we're going to hear. The human behavior stories are going to be... I, I know I can't even imagine what, what's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, there were already some really, really funny tweets. Yeah. Like, goof <laughs> tweets. <laughs> Just feel like, well, I missed my, my flight, but I got bonus sleep points <laughs> <laughs> at oh. the airport. Oh. 
Yeah, sometimes reading the news about Pokemon Go was surreal. I was like, this can't be. Is this the Onion? It's got to be the Onion. It's not. <laughs> it's the New York Times. They're saying that. <laughs> oh, man. Incredible. It's going to be a fun time. We don't know a release date then, right? I don't. I don't think so. I don't think so either. But it's coming. And I hope they actually do this because even though technically this is the Pokemon company who's doing this and not Nintendo per se, like Nintendo owns part of the Pokemon company, but they're kind of like separate entities. Mm-hmm. Nintendo during the Wii era started talking about fitness tracking um, and health tracking. And there was a heart sensor that they showed off at one E three. And this was during the time when the Wii fit board was very popular. Like mm-hmm. the Wii fit trainer is in smash brothers. Right? Heck yeah. There was a time when so many people, uh, did the we fit and so they talked about all these other things and i forgot what the name of the their health initiative was and they had all these different ideas again the, the heart rate monitor was one of them which i think would have been a great idea but a lot of people made fun of it and and it, ultimately it never came out but something was still happening <laughs> yeah something's happening something's and so, happening and i hope i hope they do it i hope this actually happens. So excited. <laughs> Pokemon. It's the only brand you could do this with. Nobody else. I love Pokemon. Ooh, love Pokemon. Love talking about Pokemon. Our first episode on this show was about Pokemon Go. It's uh, And we'll keep talking about Pokemon for, for a very, very long time. <laughs> oh, Ooh. yeah. Actually, we used to play uh, Pokemon every Friday on our Twitch channel. We, we don't do that right now, but... Uh, I'm sure some way, someday we will again, especially when the new games come out. Oh yeah, I'm definitely, I'm definitely. I haven't played one of the main RPG games of Pokemon in a real long time, but I'm very excited about Sword and Shield. I love Sobble so much. Oh, Sobble, <laughs> Sobble is so cute. <laughs> oh, and uh, we'll definitely be playing on our Twitch channels, which you can find at Twitch.tv/GeekTherapy. And you can find all of our gaming content at geektherapygaming.com. That's where we've got information about our other gaming shows, including Roller for Change, which is uh, focused mostly on tabletop gaming, except I I switch everything over to talk about video games somehow. (laughs) And, (laughs) And in our Twitch streams and all the other stuff we're working on. So definitely check that out. And of course, you can find us on Twitter, at Headshots Cast. I'm at Josue Cardona. Lauren is at Chicken Dinosaur. Be sure to check out all our uh, social areas too. You can find our Discord at geektherapy.com slash Discord. Thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you in the next one in two weeks. Goodbye. <laughs>